Welcome to the Egos Aside podcast, a podcast for making the practice of meditation accessible and relevant to everyone, including you. Egos Aside is brought to you by the Pachaya Foundation. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube. Details of our activities and social media presence can be found at www.pachaya.org. That's www.pacaya.org. Welcome to the very first Egos Aside podcast, brought to you by the Pajayat Foundation. My name is Joey Tulianon, and I am one of the hosts of this podcast. Now, before we dive into our very first podcast, I'd like to give you some background information about our new podcast, Egos Aside. First, why are we doing this podcast? Well, the Pajayat Foundation, which is based in Chiang Mai, Northern Thailand, hosts amazing meditation retreats one to two times per year, many taught by teachers, i.e. monks, from the Thai forest monk tradition. Past participants of these retreats, including myself, found the lectures from these retreats to be invaluable. So we decided to dig through and compile lectures and teachings from past retreats and make a podcast out of it. We've also decided to sprinkle these lectures with our own intros to give a little bit of context to these teachings. Second, what is the Thai forest monk tradition that you talk about? Well, it's a group of Theravada Buddhist monks, mostly based in North and Northeastern Thailand, who are living and practicing as closely as possible to monks during the time of the Buddha. 2,500 years ago. For example, these forest monks will eat only one meal a day. Many sew and dye their own robes, their, their clothes, and all of them live in tandem with nature in very simple huts or even caves with no electricity and sometimes even without indoor plumbing. Third, what are you going to talk about in the Egos Aside podcast? And who is the podcast for? Who's the audience? Well, we will mostly use guided meditations by monks as material for our podcasts. We feel that guided meditations is a very easy way to get into the meditative state because it's as if there is somebody helping you, holding your hand to guide you through the process. And because of the light and very accessible nature of guided meditations, this podcast is ideal for beginners as well as advanced meditators. Now, you can probably use the same guided meditation repeatedly every day. And in fact, we probably suggest you make time every day to do meditations for at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. Now, I've already talked way too much but just one last note for our non-Thai listeners. In this, in this podcast, you'll hear the word Ajahn, A-J-H-N, quite a bit. Ajahn in Thai means teacher. And because we're recording this podcast in Thailand, we may throw in the occasional Thai jargon here and there. So we, on our part, we will try to be 
mindful and give you translations if and when we use Thai words. So again, thank you for joining us and please enjoy our first episode. Welcome to the very first episode of Ego Society. Now, for the first episode, we won't be getting into a guided meditation just yet. We're going to prep you. We're going to prepare you well. So I've decided to invite a friend, and you've met this friend before. You don't know it, but you met her before because she's the voice for the intro. So, <laughs> hello, Plan. Hello. So Plan Pratumat is a friend of mine, and we've been on um, the Pachaya retreats together, and. Today we're just going to be talking. We're going to be talking about our experiences with meditation, our experiences with our inner journey, in order to prep you for the second and third episode and the fourth episode, which we will start getting into guided meditations. Yes. So, Lynn, um, I want to talk about your personal experience because I feel that in order to get into the groove of meditating, it's good to. Listen to somebody's experience first. So, how long have you been doing this, and and what started it all? Oh, I remember exactly. Um, well, it happened. I'd say about 20 years ago. So it seems long, and it does, you know, feel like it's been a while. Uh, but I still feel like I'm learning new things every time I practice. Um, what prompted me to to go was actually. It's gonna sound really silly, but I broke up with my boyfriend. <laughs> I was 17 years old at the time and very confused. You know, it was that strange transition from being a teenager to like being a little bit more mature. Because once you're 18, 19, 20, you kind of you know there's a transition that happens. Hmm. Uh, so I felt like I was hopefully, hopefully there's a transition that happens. Yeah. <laughs> But I definitely feel like I was going through something where I kind of felt lost. And so I had an aunt who, you know, was regularly practicing the Dhamma and she invited me on this retreat. At, at the time, um, it was the uh, I don't know how to say that in English. Is... We, 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 we just call it so basically it's the international branch of the Thai forest monk tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to go to Ubon at that time. I think we were there for like six or seven days. And uh, that's where I I had a chance to talk to Adan Chayat Saro. And, you know, he was able to do a lot for me, like provide a lot of guidance for me at that time. So I experienced like, some benefit from you know meditation and just kind of focusing on developing uh, that skill set, and that was when I was seventeen, right? So ever since then, I felt very, uh, I felt like this was a path that I wanted to embark on. But of course, things happen. You know, I moved to the states, I got married, uh, and so you know, on and off, I was practicing, and then recently. Um, I came back on the path, uh, and that's where I met you. So just to give people, our listeners, a little bit of context, Ajahn Chiatsaro is a teacher to King Rama the X. So you went to the now advisor that the king to talk about your heart being broken at 17. 
Yes. I'm so embarrassed. I when back on that moment, I remember asking him, I feel lost. Do you remember his answer? Sorry. Most importantly, do you remember his answer? What did what did he what did what advice did he give you? Oh, he said, it's okay to feel lost. Hmm. And he said, actually, being lost could prompt you to embark on a very important journey. And so he talked about how he felt lost lost when he was my age. And that's what prompted him to travel to India or to travel around the world. And so by embarking on that journey, he found the Dhamma um, and, you know, it started to, it started him on this path of, you know, a spiritual, a spiritual mm. journey. Wow. That's very compassionate of him to, to, you know, give his own personal journey and tell you, you know, it's all right. You know, a monk, a monk can be lost too, as you. Yeah. So he basically said like, don't, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. It's totally fine. You're, you're just embarking on a journey. And so that calmed me down a little bit from being kind of catastrophic in my thinking. I was like, okay, okay, well, what can I learn from this experience? And so I think what happened at that first retreat was also an adjustment to my attitude and my approach to learning about the Dhamma. Uh, you know, I, I was young and I think some of it, it's my personality too, but it's like, okay, what am I going to get from this? Like I need help. So I need solutions. I'm going to find yeah. out what to do and I'm going to do it and I'm going to be better. You know, wow. I think that kind of gets in the way of really getting to the essence of meditation um, we tend to live in a world where there's a lot of pressure around producing things and having a goal and achieving the goal. And what are you producing? What are the outcomes? What are the results? So I think those, you know, mindsets that that type of mindset is actually harmful when you are practicing meditation can be a big barrier towards reaching that inner calm. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point to lead into the next question because ultimately what we're doing in our first tape is to prep people you know to to get them slowly weaned into meditating so how should people revise or adjust their expectations so that they can get the most out of the meditation experience i mean i can tell you what was helpful for me i'm sure people's minds and bodies work differently um, first of all, the easiest thing to do is get into a position that is conducive, right, to meditating. So you don't want to be lying on your bed and you don't, you don't want to be laying down. Uh, you want to be in a somewhat comfortable position, but not mm. too comfortable. In mm -hmm. terms of mental preparation, what Adan Chayatsa always said was you want to get to a place of relaxed concentration. Mm. So it's not like this gung-ho like i'm gonna focus and i'm gonna attain this you know it's not that kind of concentration it's got to be relaxed otherwise you know it's hard it's hard to get to that inner calm there, there's a very delicate balance one has to find when meditating it's a balance between being relaxed but also being alert yes yeah so you've got to find that right balance and and the words that i tell myself 
when when I'm sitting is on one end you've got to be focused but on the other end you have to be fresh and relaxed so usually what I would do is like one breath would be fresh the other one focused so it's a good balance so so I I think this is the right attitude in going into meditation you 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 can't be gung-ho like you said you but at the same time you can't be sleeping on your bed and that's why you recommend sitting comfortably but still being alert being being and and you do that by having a straight back yes yeah and so like even if you're sitting on a chair you mm. you sit straight but you don't lean onto the back end yeah yeah totally and in terms of mental preparation uh i feel like some, if you're like me, sometimes you're like, okay, Plurin, you can do this. You could do this. We're going to reach meditation. Okay. Breathe in. You know, and like, I become forceful with my breath a lot. Like yeah. that's one. Okay. Breathe out two. Okay. Breathe. And then eventually I'll notice that there's like this tension in my jaw. So I'm like clenching my teeth, right? Because I'm trying to get into like this meditative state, but then it's not possible because I'm taking myself way too seriously. So a strategy that works for me is body scanning. Uh, you know, uh, before I start focusing in on the breath, before I start counting the breath, I just make sure that my body is relaxed because I tend to get very, very tense and I tense up all of my muscles, especially the muscles in my face. So first I have to do that work first. Like, okay, just noticing what tension is in my body and breathing into that, letting go of that tension and visualization and imagery work really well for me. So I might breathe in like, you know, the sunlight or something. And then I breathe out the tension that I feel in, you know, different areas of my body that seems to work. And then once I do that, I feel like mentally I'm way more prepared for, you know, things like uh, focusing on my breath or, doing uh, loving kindness meditation. For me, it starts with relaxing my body. Yeah. What essentially you're talking about is just to be easy on yourself. You know, don't give yourself too much pressure. Don't, you know, give yourself space and the time and the openness to take it all in. No, don't, we, we, we always growing up in the West, we're always talking about, you know, being perfect. Yeah. Doing things 110%. And a lot of times people take that attitude mm-hmm. into the meditation room. Right. And you can you can never get anywhere nope. using that attitude. Nope. You cannot. And I've like tested that theory out many, many times. <laughs> uh, and I think that when you focus too much, you're also very hard on yourself. And when you're hard on yourself, you're not practicing loving kindness towards yourself. So it's all kind of related. I mean, once you're able to, you know, relax and not be so hard on yourself, you're automatically learning loving kindness for yourself too. Mm. And you'll, you know, I think we're going to have an episode about guided meditation in loving, uh, loving kindness. So when we get there or once we, you know, listen to that clip, I think it'll all come together very nicely. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we'll we'll have that meditation in our second episode. So so you know, stay tuned for that one. Now going going back to um, how to prep yourself in terms of expectations, in terms of attitude, 
we're going to be introducing the guided meditation on, on our second episode. It's going to be about 30, 35 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Should people expect to become Buddha right after that first tape? Or how, how, should you, how, should you, how should you prep yourself in order to get the most out of that, that 35 minutes? Um, the answer to your first question is no, you're not going to be Buddha after 30 minutes. Uh, I think it's a really good start. So if you haven't really um, embarked on this journey before, I think it's uh, a really great place to start. What uh, Ajahn Pia Silo will say towards the end of the session is there's two approaches to meditation. One is to calm your mind. So you'll hear this, you know, this method a lot. It's finding an object for your meditation. Uh, In many cases, it's, you know, counting your breaths. So focusing Mm. on the breath. Um, And it tends to be a very difficult place to start if you've done none of it before. Like even for me, if I, you know, don't practice for a very long time, it's very, very, very hard. Um, But the second approach is giving your mind a specific task. So, you know, this was specifically helpful for me because I have a very active mind. Sometimes it's overactive. So, you know, focusing in on uh, a thought like, okay, what am I grateful for? Okay, I'm grateful for this and that and this and that. And then when I get off track, I start thinking about, oh, what do I need to do next? I need to write that email. I go back to, okay, well, what else am I grateful for? So Mm. it's easy to kind of get my mind to calm down that way versus just concentrating on my breath. Mm. Um, So I think that part of the next episode was really helpful to know now that there's two ways that you could do this. What we're trying to get you guys to do is to listen to uh, Ajahn Pia Silo's explanation of things. Like he'll explain to you like, you know, uh, what loving kindness is, how to do it. Like that's an example of the second approach to meditation, which is kind of focusing in on a specific topic. So when you're listening to Ajahn Pia Silo, uh, I guess, explain you know, the method for meditation, just focus on that, the sound of his voice, what he's saying. If you notice that your mind is wandering to something else, just bring yourself back to his voice. That's, that's, that's a wonderful intro to the loving kindness um, episode. One specific metaphor that John used during our retreat, which I love, and I, I don't want to give too much away because I think it's important to hear it for yourself, but I, I feel it's important to say it now is, do you remember when he was talking about how to view thoughts as people coming into a room? And mm, yeah. the thing about this room is there's only one chair. Yes. What tends to happen when you're sitting is you either dwell on negative thoughts or positive thoughts because mm-hmm. both are very entertaining to think about, entertaining in, for different reasons. Yeah. When, when, when the negative thought comes in, what we tend to do is we, we're hard on ourselves. Mm. We'll stand up from our chair and then we'll start yelling at that, at that person coming in. Like, why are you coming in? Mm-hmm. I'm meditating. You should not be coming in right now. So that's what, what happens when, when the negative thought comes in. But then what the positive, when, when the positive thought comes in, we invite that positive thought to sit in our chair. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and either way, we're dwelling on our thoughts, whether it's negative or positive. So mm-hmm. what he said is you take control of that chair and you remember that that chair is for you. 
when a negative thought comes in, maybe just say hello, and then eventually it'll it'll go away. When a positive thought comes in, you want to say hello to it, and you want to invite it to sit on your chair, but ultimately you should say goodbye and let him or she be also. So I, I think that's a lovely analogy that he used to, to say that you know we're, we're all susceptible to thoughts, but just let it come in and then go out. Yes, I yeah. thank, thank you for bringing that metaphor back. That's really helpful. Another one that's helpful is to think about your um, thought as a wandering child in the market. <laughs> so pretend that you're a parent. This is the metaphor he used when we were walking. Yeah, I remember that one too. Remember that? That was nice. I, I, I explain that to my friends sometimes too. Like, because they're like, oh, how do I stop my thoughts? And I'm like, you know, it's difficult for me. I can't. Oh, and then I remembered his metaphor about pretend, treat yourself or treat your thoughts as if you're a mother taking, you know, her child to the market. There are too many things for the child to see. The child is mesmerized by all the things that are happening. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, tie your child up and say, no, don't go there. Don't go that. And, you know, come back now. But you also don't want to lose your child completely. So it's like this careful, you know, come back. Okay. Like, treating your thoughts like it's a wandering child. Yeah. So you always know that it's around, but you're not holding onto it. You're not grasping onto it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some wonderful metaphors. And the thing about I love his, about everything that he says, it's so compassionate. It's so... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So just by by chatting with you about it, I want to listen to the second episode already. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So last question, last question. So you've been on this inner journey for about 20 years now. Would you say that it's been easy or has it been an uphill battle? Has it been a gradual process in, in developing your skills or has it been fluctuating? Has it been going up and down? Can you, you know, just, just fill me in about how has it been from day one? Um, the journey. Okay. So it's been a long one and there's no way for me to tell just how far I've gotten and how long it will be or how long it is. Uh, I do know that I'm making progress. I feel like with every life event that happens, your process, well, the length of your journey changes and maybe the different tasks, uh, that you have to deal with changes. I mean, I'm going to give you an example. Um, when I was 17, the biggest issue for me at that time was breaking up with my boyfriend. Right. Mm. And that made me feel lost. Mm. So then I was in search for the Dhamma. Um, Mm. and then I found an answer that worked for me at that time that helped me get over that developmental milestone or life milestone. Um, and then I, you know, felt like I understood it. But Mm. then like something else happened, you know, you start losing people you love. Um, This last year has been difficult for me. I've experienced a lot of death in the family and of loved ones. So I feel like I was at a completely different place in my life Mm. and it needed Mm. a different type of um, spiritual guidance because it was a different topic. Um, 
And so I feel like it's constantly shifting and changing. And even though you're learning the same concept, I feel like it means a different thing depending on where you are in your life and what's mm. happening around you. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's ongoing. It's not a linear journey. It's definitely a cyclical journey. So you you go forwards, but then sometimes you have to revisit something and then it loops you around and then you go forward again and then it kind of loops you around again. There's many ups and downs um, towards it, but mm. I do feel like with every uh, chance that I get a practice, I progress faster, but mm. I still have to start over in some way. Mm. And, and what, what specific skills do you think you've adopted as a result of being on this journey for 20 years now? I mean, I hope this doesn't, <laughs> I hope this doesn't discourage people, but I do want to keep it real. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned, a skill that I've learned that has stuck with me throughout this entire time is really getting to know myself and yeah. noticing dysfunctional thought patterns. Hmm. So, you know, with every experience with the Dhamma that I have, I am able to apply that concept to kind of my inner world and notice anything that is a barrier towards achieving, you know, calmness and peace. I, I feel like, for example, attachment to roles and responsibilities or attachment to my thoughts. Like that's something that I feel I have more and more practice and control over. So control is misleading, right? Like what I mean by control is I know how to observe it and let it go, observe it and let it go, mm. which before was very difficult. So I mm. tend to be very attached to my opinions. And I think, you know, in the West, you have to defend your opinion a lot. And so <laughs> create this kind of relationship with it where it's hard to part with because you're always having to defend it in some way. Yeah. One thing that we are lucky to receive being in Thailand is when you talk to people, a lot of people are very accepting about your opinions. And even if they don't agree with you, a lot of times they won't argue. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll meet it. They'll meet it with a smile and then, you know, they'll walk away. Right. And that's very healthy for the ego because you don't feel like you have to be right all the time. You don't, you don't feel yeah. like you have, you have to put your foot down and have your way because people are just generally very accepting and, and they're very, they're, they're, they're not attached to their opinions. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I feel to be very, very challenging living, having lived in the West is because like you say, you have this role to fulfill in society to, mm -hmm. to, to express yourself, to express your opinion, you become very attached to your thoughts. Yeah. And the key, I, th I think one of the keys to this journey is to realize not to take your thoughts personally. Yeah, totally. And once, and once you can do that, there's a bit of space. There's a bit of, ah, mm -hmm. feels, yeah, like, ah, that is just a thought. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to believe it. Right. You know, once, once you can have that attitude, I think the journey begins. Beautiful. You know what you just did there, Pijoe? What's that? You just provided a really good intro into our first guided meditation session. Which which means we can end it now. Yes, we can. 
Let me see. Are there any nuggets of knowledge that or thought that we could leave here that would be helpful for everyone? A final, yeah. a final phrase or something? Well, you can start. What do you what do you want to what's one tip that you would give people when listening to the first guided meditation? So I was I was a monk before. I was a monk before. And um, one thing that our teacher taught us was um, if you're practicing, i.e. meditating, and it's easy, keep doing it. Mm. But on the other hand, if it's hard, keep doing it too. Mm. So just keep at it. Just keep yeah. at it. Yeah. Be, be, be sure that results will yield itself. But it takes time and it takes a bit of grit. But not the type of aggressive grit that we're used to. It's yeah. more like mindful continuation grit. Yeah. So keep at it, regardless of whether it's working or not. Just, 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 just trust that in the end it will work out. Hmm. So that, that's my that's my two cents. What about you? What about you? Oh, I think that was beautiful. On that note, we should just end it. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Plan, thank you for doing this first episode together. I hope we keep doing it. Yeah, me too. This is quite enjoyable. I know. And I look forward to seeing you on the, oh, hearing from you during the second episode. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.